Hello and welcome back to The Scene Podcast. Our pod play this week is called Bloody Paperwork, written by Lawrence Quilty. It's the story of Hayley Glass, a disgraced politician whose arrogance and blinkered ambition made her the perfect and easy mark to exploit and frame for the war crimes of a corrupt government. Bit of everything in here, a fantastic piece of theatre delivered digitally. Thank you everyone who has sent in scripts for us to consider for season four four of the scene podcast we're having a great time reading them some really strong work in there and encouraging for us because it indicates that people are actually listening and following the call to action we think this is a really good thing for up-and-coming writers you know a chance to have something made that they can point to and share forever hopefully creating even more opportunities for them and it's great for our actors too so that's enough from me. We appreciate you listening and we really hope you enjoy this. This is Bloody Paperwork by Lawrence Quilty. Thank you all for coming. I'll be making a short statement on behalf of the Ministry and I would be grateful if you could hold any questions until the end. Events in the Middle East yesterday have shocked and astounded the world. The Prime Minister has already made it clear that we, as a nation, condemn in the strongest possible terms the use of force by any government against its own citizens. The Cabinet has asked the Ministry of Trade to discuss possible punitive measures in the form of economic sanctions against... We've heard about sanctions before. Sanctions never stopped General Alatari bombing a hospital. Kadapa General had been levelled an hour before daybreak. Fourteen floors caved in on top of each other when six tonnes of cluster munitions fell against the roof. Alatari reported insurgents using the buildings as a command centre. Witnesses had only seen the injured crammed into every corridor, squashed into the spaces where limbs should have been, plasma moving across tiles already too stained to be clean before the bombs hit. Will there be sanctions against those selling his arms? Families searching for news found collapsing ceilings and absent floors. Doctors, drained of anything but adrenaline, still rushed between those for whom hope could still be established right until the last... until their interventions ended. The international volunteers, already drenched in foreign blood, only had those first few numbing days to write letters to home nations, pleading pittance, pleading anything at all, before they wrote home no more. The children's ward was on the 12th. They never stood a chance. The overnight toll is estimated at a 1,000. Any word on British casualties? If you could keep your questions until the end... Will the UN consider a peacekeeping force? I don't know how you expect the Ministry of Trade to answer that. Are we going to be arming the rebels? That is not an avenue we are exploring at this time. Did the bombs come from British factories, Minister? Now, where did you get that from? There's speculation online that they did. So that's how you're dealing with cutbacks at the BBC, is it, Rosie? More time spent on Pictures Reddit? Pictures surfaced of General Alatari's missile systems. Some parts resemble those produced in a factory in Sunderland. I haven't seen those pictures. I'm hardly familiar with missile technology in any case. I can only refer you, Rosie, to our recent public information campaign on helping to prevent the spread of fake news online. But is it possible that these are British bombs? It's highly fanciful. There's been a trade embargo against General Alatari for years. 
How has he got British weapons? We're a long way from establishing that he has. Have there ever been any exceptions to or violations of the embargo? Those rules are enforced by the Ministry of Defence. Any questions about the... As far as you're aware, have there been any exceptions? As far as I am aware, there has never been an exception, no. If I knew of any broken rules, then I would hardly be doing my job. Believe it or not, that was the first time I lied in public. Never meant to say it, but my head had been elsewhere, following the rescue teams past matted knots of flesh and metal. Probably looked calm enough. No hesitating, no blinking. Know the line, nail the line, repeat it like it's just a game, only word association. Don't you do what I just did. No good ever came of a straight answer. Haley Glass, MP, the Honourable Member for Wycliffe and Highcastle, Junior Minister in the Department of Trade, one of only six women in the Cabinet. Real achievement at my tender age, surpassed all my old school friends be a baroness one day. <laughs> there was a time when the titles didn't matter. Don't expect you to believe me, but there was. Hi, Haley. Uh, Samuel Baum is here to see you. What's he doing here? He never comes here. I didn't know. Baum was Director of Strategic Policy Coordination. Or was it Head of Central Planning Operations? Or... Chief of Internal Liaisons? They changed his title so often, none of us could keep up. We put it down to the restless restructuring of management, the vainglorious shifting of email signatures. We never saw it for what it was. Administrative discombobulation. Maximal deniability. The banality of evil. Oh, Sam, did the PM get my last email? I CC'd you in. Oh, yes, yes, Minister, yes. A compelling case, powerfully put. I'm, I'm sure the Prime Minister will... Um, yes, a national directive for preventing the destruction of misshapen fruit by major retailers. No, no, I'm sorry, Haley. I'm not even going to pretend that I well, read that. Well, for farmers in my constituency, it's really quite... How long do you plan on being a junior minister? I mean, what's the big idea here? beyond bent bananas and looking surprised when somebody important visits. I told him when I joined, I could pitch for Secretary of State within four years. Two, he'd said. It's more than possible in two. There's going to be a new paper stream passing through your office, which we'll need you to sign off on personally. There's no need to involve your staff. Fine. Is that all? Well, I'd feel better if you kept reading. Surely... There's been some mistake. This address here, it's in Crestopol? Oh, it's only a forwarding address for the invoicing process. A quirk in the admin is all. Still, you can understand why we needed somebody of your authority to handle this directly. It was how he'd said it. A new paper stream. A quirk in the admin. The words seemed to fall out of him, starved of consideration. Well-practised and meaning nothing. If I was surprised, I can't recall it. Only there must have been some hesitation in me because then he said... I know Downing Street will be grateful. This is going to be a considerable contract for Fairwater Systems. 
And the Northeast needs jobs after all. Homes, too. You've heard of Trevallin buildings, haven't you? I had, and he knew it. I was a shareholder. Nothing spectacular. Handy place to keep 30 grand when everything else is covered by expenses. The talk is that Fairwater are plotting a takeover of Trevallin. Depending on the success of the new contract, somebody with shares of, say, 30,000 could hope to see a million before Christmas. For the year after. That was the carrot. The stick was only ever implied. Political isolation, out of the cabinet at the next reshuffle, unbridled failure at the only career I'd ever known. You might be a coward, Haley, but don't pretend it was fear that motivated you. This was about your greed. Aidan hated me for it. Even before he knew where the money came from, before the burning hospitals and the press camp outside our house. Surely Disneyland Paris does just the same thing as Florida. You know, we still have a mortgage to For pay. God's sake, Aidan. I'm going to be Secretary of State soon. And you still want to take our kids on the same holidays your council house parents took you? It wasn't the money that worried him. I was arrogant, angry, wild words forced out by something in me starting to rot. A mirror ball above the bumper car still sends the dusty sunlight spinning in all directions dancing over the rusting rides and boarded-up stools where birds and spiders are beginning to make their home. I detested Florida. The park was cramped and much too hot. The children were restless and none of us could sleep. The young people who once flocked to this picturesque hillside amusement are now long since fled, killed or cowering in the basements of the city below. At Aidan's insistence, I tried to unwind, turned off my phone and chanted the papers at the beach but I couldn't keep the news from creeping through. Looking out upon a shattered skyline of a once promising metropolis, this abandoned fairground speaks to us of the tragedy which has so recently befallen this country. The lost innocence of a generation left to be reclaimed by the desert. This is Rosanna Crowley for the BBC World Service in Crestopole. Shred it. Keep it. Shred it. Keep it. Three years had passed since Bohm was in my office. A fortnight since Kadaba General. Thank you for seeing me, Minister. I was beginning to think my requests for an interview were being ignored systematically. But twelfth time lucky. Sam, where the hell have you been? I've been trying to reach you for days. Just be glad I'm here at all, Haley. Your name is toxic out there. I wanted to give you the chance to respond to this morning's reports. In the Telegraph, the Guardian, the Mail. Your reports, Rosie. They're all your bloody slanders, repackaged by sycophants. There's nothing in it, you know. You're barking up the wrong tree. This war reporter from the BBC, Crowley, what exactly does she have on you? I can already prove the cluster bombs used on Kadaba General were manufactured in Britain. What I need to establish now is how much the Ministry of Trade knew about it. Everything. What she doesn't know, she'll piece together soon enough. What are we going to do? I think it's time we have the truth, Minister. Well, maybe it's time the truth came out. There's more of them by the hour. I think you They're do know They're shouting the something. sickest things. And I think you want to tell me. And blocking up the whole street with their You've vans. You've seen what's happening out there. 
How can anybody live with a secret tied to that much you guilt? You signed off on those business deals because you saw the millions that could be made through your undeclared business interest. I had to fight my way to my car this morning, covering my face with my jacket. You made a mockery. Like a child killer at court. Of the very sanctions I've you were elected wrong. to uphold. Did you know I was there? That night by the bombsite? Oh, you'll escape prison, of course. What have you got yourself mixed a up? A lifelong <laughs> public servant like yourself. We'll put it down to work-related stress. Marital trouble at home. The protesters are rubbing red dye into their no, hands. There's an old I woman a crying retirement and cursing you for the deaths of all her sons. A generous pension, some grand Nine old house in the Nine hours I waited county. with the families, gathering at the barricades, while the lists of the dead were drawn up, and one I by one the their away. worlds were blown apart. They don't know what to make of it. They All can't. over again. Are those poor bastards not owed me, an explanation, Haley? Just Are they not worthy the of the truth? What if it was your children on that hospital ward? My orders came from the very top. I was to let the contracts pass through my office and help to cover up the paper trail. You must know that I was told this was a matter of national security, that I did this for my country. They only made me rich to incriminate me. Nail the line, Haley. If you don't, we will bury you. The animals, the British public. Wolves in their fury and vitriol. Sheep in their opinions. For the benefit of the court, please state your name. Haley Class, Charlatan, Crook, War Profiteer, Patsy. The jury will disregard the defendant's last comment. It will be struck from the record. How can any jury be expected to rule objectively from within this farce? Every headline in the land already names my client as a traitor, above the most lurid allegations about her lifestyle, about her marriage. Why should we, the taxpayer, foot the bill for protecting this already wealthy family? The press only want the truth from them. The protesters only demand that their outrage be recognised. That's the thing about complicity. You never know who you're propping up until they turn against you. The inquiry has found no evidence for the kind of far-reaching conspiracy that the defendant alleges. I'm concerned about my client's mental state. I'm requesting she be placed on suicide watch with immediate effect. On the contrary, all signs now point quite conclusively to Miss Glass actually having taken every step possible to keep her activities a secret from her colleagues and superiors. I'd performed my role diligently. I'd hidden the truth too deep, buried under the wreckage of a 14-storey building. The Great Revolution fizzled out. General Aratari's cluster bombs and poison gas slowly broke the spirit of a long-since-broken people. I counted the death toll falling away in the high 12,000s, and the world seemed to move on. New terrors and fresh scandals. I should have been among the list of the dead that night, should have burned for my sins in the siege of the city. Instead, I was forgotten, rotting away in an English prison while Fairwater was revived, brought into line, business still booming at the ends of the earth. In the absence of a future, my memories fail. The horror is rerun over and over. I may have been kinder, might have been more cruel. I'd like to thank you all for coming. I shall be making a short statement on behalf of the Ministry, and I would be grateful if you could hold any questions until the end. 
Wonderful stuff. An entire world built within 15 minutes of audio there. All the characters fully fleshed out and existing in a system that we get the full picture of. Well done, Lawrence. Bloody Paperwork by Lawrence Quilty starred Teresa Jennings as Haley, Grace Dunn as Rosanna, Stephen Riddle as Aidan and the Judge, Duncan Watkinson as Samuel Baum, Lawyer 1 and Journo 1, and Lyde Sonola as Secretary, Lawyer 2 and Journo 2. Sound designed by me, Sassy Clyde. It was produced by Jano Media in association with Get Over It Productions. Our season jingle was by Emma McGrath. You can visit us at thescenepodcast.co.uk. That is where you can send us in your short scripts for possible podification in season four. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.